Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 3. And uh, we're continuing our series on the difficult sayings of Jesus, the hard sayings of Jesus. Many things that are written in the Bible, including the Old Testament, but in the, certainly in the New Testament, Jesus said a lot of things that were not only difficult to understand, but in most cases difficult to fulfill, to follow. And so um, we're going to look at some of that and uh, give some, some context and understanding. And uh, Mark chapter two, verse chapter three, rather, verse twenty-two to verse number thirty. also want to send a shout out to those joining us on live stream thank you for being a part of this service and you'll have to bear with me today I, I, I recovered my voice and then I quickly lost it again the last couple of days <laughs> uh, Mark chapter 3 verse 22 so if I lose my voice halfway through this message well uh, you've got your Bibles anyway to read the word Mark 3 22 if you would stand in honor of the word of God and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said he has Beelzebub and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons these were the Pharisees accusing the scribes accusing Jesus that he was what he was doing was by the power of the devil so he called them to himself and said to them in parables how can Satan cast out Satan if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand and if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men. He said every sin is going to be forgiven. And whatever blasphemies they may utter, it shall be forgiven. And then it says in verse 29, But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Because they said he has an unclean spirit. Jesus is saying every sin can be forgiven. Every blasphemy can be forgiven but there is one sin he says there's a sin or a blasphemy that will not be forgiven and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and on this Pentecost Sunday I want to talk to you on that that subject the unforgivable sin the unforgivable sin would you prepare pray with me together with me and, and let's ask the Lord to help us father we thank you Lord for your presence that's here today we thank you for your anointing and power once again, Lord God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the power of your word. Lord, that we would mix it together with faith and believe you, Lord. As we open our hearts and our minds, I pray that you anoint your servant, give me a voice to speak, give your 
people hearts and ears to receive. For your glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. This one particular issue or sin has been the source of many well-meaning believers becoming perplexed, miserable, and even filled with terror, the idea that they may have committed the unpardonable or unforgivable sin, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And this is a very troubling, and, and it's important for us to understand this hard or difficult saying that Jesus gave. The difficult saying about uh, where there is no forgiveness for the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in order for us to understand what this means, we have to look at the context. We have to understand uh, the background or the context that Jesus was speaking in these words. And uh, Jesus was casting out demons, and the religious order at the time couldn't deny what they were witnessing, uh, but because they had an attitude and a spirit that was against Jesus, they started to say he is casting out devils by the power of Beelzebub. Beelzebub, by interpretation, simply means the Lord of the flies, comes from uh, the God, uh, the Canaanite God, Baal, Beelzebub. And, and so Jesus explains to them that, that, that how is this even possible? Satan cannot cast out Satan. If, if uh, Satan does that, then his house is divided. And so he was trying to explain to them that, that, that this is not a possibility, that even now at this stage, Satan and all of his demons are united in the same cause of fighting against the kingdom of God. Uh, furthermore, Jesus explains to them that, that if he is casting out Satan by the power of Satan, then how are they, the, the Pharisees and the priests and the scribes themselves, casting out demons? If Jesus is doing this by the power of the devil, then surely they must be doing the same thing, casting out demons by the power of Satan. And so he warns them. He said, you better be careful. And I'm just sort of paraphrasing it. He says, you can blaspheme all kinds of things. You can even blaspheme against the Son of God. But if you blaspheme against the Spirit of God, there is no forgiveness. And so he reminds them, uh, to, that there is a, a sin that cannot be forgiven. So if you attribute something that is from God, this is basically what he's saying in this context. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is where they are attributing something that is from God as, it, as if it was from Satan or the devil. That, that's what we have to try and use in this context to understand what this means. He's saying that uh, what, what he was doing through the power of God, uh, they were saying, or in their words, in their minds, were saying was from the Satan, from the enemy. And this is very important for us to understand. 
Because what uh, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, when people, and I have had people even in this church, come to me and approach me and say, Pastor, I'm afraid, I think I have blasphemed the Holy Spirit and I cannot receive forgiveness. By the very fact that somebody says that, I believe, means that they have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Because blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not something that you can do accidentally. You accidentally blasphemed and, and therefore I am condemned for eternity. No, I believe that it is a, an attitude and a spirit within a person that says what God is doing is not actually from God, but is from Satan. It would be like coming into this house and you're feeling the presence of God for the first time. You're, you're experiencing something. And even if you don't verbalize it, yet in your heart and in your mind, you are saying that this is not God, this is Satan. It would be like that. And, and that's what David Bernard explains in, in his thesis regarding the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Dr. David Bernard says, it is when the Spirit of God is working and moving in somebody's life, yet within that individual, they say, this is not God, this is Satan. Then if that were the case, then obviously, and, and it just follows that a person cannot be saved, they cannot be born again, because they have attributed the work of God in them by virtue of his spirit now now you got to remember every time the bible talks about the holy spirit it's it's not just another person uh, in the godhead it's not uh, jehovah jr but whenever it refers to the holy spirit it's the same god referring to working in us amen whenever the bible talks about the holy spirit it means god doing something in activity within us Amen. That's why when we say today, the Spirit of God is here, it means the one God doing something, moving, working, and touching our lives and our hearts. And so when the Spirit of God, or when God is working in us by virtue of His Holy Spirit, and we don't respond, or we attribute that to the devil, and say, that's not God, that's the devil, then I'm afraid there is no salvation and when there is no salvation when you refuse to submit to the leading of the spirit of god then there is no salvation you are not forgiven you are lost forever amen can, can i get a witness somebody here today and, and so you've got to understand that the spirit of god that is a work within us the Bible says it's his spirit that draws us. It's God who draws us. We don't come to God on our own, but there is a inv an invitation, a drawing of his spirit. Uh, John 16 and 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world or he would he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment 
What he's saying is when you feel conviction, when you feel that sense of guilt within inside of you, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that is bringing that conviction or that reproof so that you, when you feel guilty, you'll want to come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent for my sins. But if you deny the work of the Spirit, if you say that's not God that's bringing conviction to me, that's the devil, then there is no drawing, there is no coming to God, and you will not be reconciled to the Lord. Amen. And that's what it means, I believe, when the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you refuse to allow the Spirit of God to, to bring you to a relationship with Him, to bring you to a place of salvation, and you are hindering or you're resisting and you are no longer allowing him to work in your life praise God but let me just make it clear today brothers and sisters let, let me make it emphatically clear that if you feel like that you've blasphemed because you said something or maybe you laughed at somebody perhaps who was manifesting in the spirit or something that's not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit uh, sure if we ridicule and we blaspheme because that's what blaspheme means means to ridicule or to hold in contempt that which is godly and that which is holy that's that's not blasphemy of the holy spirit and and remember that god can forgive you of every sin that you've ever committed amen thank the lord for that praise god that it doesn't matter what sin it is every kind of sin is forgiven Praise God, every sin that we've ever committed, and yes, I know it may be a little hard for us to comprehend how could God forgive that, that person that committed that crime, and, and I'm not saying they should be exempt from, from paying the penalty of justice in this world. I'm not saying they shouldn't face justice in this world, no. But let me tell you, even people in prison, even those who have committed heinous crimes, they can be forgiven by God Almighty. Oh, I know that's difficult for us to understand. It's difficult for us to comprehend. But let me tell you, every sin can be forgiven. Praise God. And that ought to put some joy in our hearts. That ought to make us thankful and grateful that, that no matter whether you're a big sinner or maybe you just sin light, you're a, you're a light sinner, you're a diet, a zero sinner, if you will. You didn't commit much sin. But listen, if you come to Jesus, he promises that he will forgive us. He will cause us to be renewed. He will cause us to be forgiven and set free from the guilt of sin and shame. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And if you're hearing this for the very first time, I want you to know that you can be forgiven. That it doesn't matter what background of sin, maybe you've, you've lived a whole life of sin and you say to me, preacher, you don't want to know the life that I lived. You're right, I don't want to know. But can I tell you, Jesus already knows and he's got enough power in his blood that he shed. He shed his blood to pay for the penalty of our sins. And when you come to God in repentance and you get baptized in his name, the Bible says in water, he washes away every sin and when we stand before him we are clean we are pure we are holy we are righteous before God 
Oh, you're going to make me lose my voice now. I, I need some help in here this morning. Can I tell you that our God is so good? He is so loving and kind. And if you feel conviction today, maybe you feel condemned that somehow you've committed the unforgivable sin. If you feel that way, that means that you haven't done that. It means you haven't committed the unpardonable sin because there's still a desire in you. There's still a hunger and a longing to be right with your God. Oh, bless the Lord. The Pharisees had gotten to a stage in their lives that their consciences were, were so seared, if you will. They were spiritually blind. So I don't believe that this is a one-time event that takes place. I believe if you're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it is a gradual decline in your moral and spiritual standing. You see, a, a person just doesn't leave the church. We might think, oh, all of a sudden somebody's gone. Well, where'd they go? That was like just a snap call that they're gone. No, they, they, they've kind of been gone for a long time. Somebody just doesn't just in, at an instant leave God. But there is a steady and a gradual distancing, if you will, a gradual sliding away from God and perhaps it kind of works this way and if you would allow me to give you a kind of a progression of how that happens uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 it says this Paul writes let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the spirit the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption perhaps the first step of of, of being completely cut off from the spirit of god is when we grieve the holy spirit of god we grieve the spirit of god within us as believers when god leads us to righteousness and, and, and living a holy life, and yet we resist that when we grieve the Holy Ghost. The, to grieve means to make sad. Just like when we grieve the loss of a loved ones. Uh, and, and Paul warns us, that don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and it may begin, uh, we, we may begin this decline by when we grieve the Holy Spirit, when we refuse to obey and follow him. When the Spirit of God, it's an amazing thing when, when God causes somebody to be saved. When we are first born again, we, we hear the gospel and we respond. We repent of our sins. We, we are born again of water and spirit. And he fills us with the gift of the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk with him. Listen, can I tell you, it doesn't stop there. There is a process that takes place that we continue to grow. We go, the Bible says, from glory to glory. We don't just stay in the same place. When you come to God, he, he begins a journey, if you will. He begins, he calls us into an adventure where we grow, amen, where we develop spiritually, where we mature. 
Praise God. And we, we grieve the Holy Spirit when, when we refuse to yield to his prompting, when we refuse to follow him and forsake our sin. But, but many who have just been born again, yet we go back to the same sin. And listen, I'm not here to condemn anybody. We, we all make mistakes. We all fall and we all fail. But when God is speaking to us we, and convicting us of sin, we've got to listen to his voice. We've got to hearken to that and forsake the sin that may be in our lives that could cause the spirit of God to be grieved praise God amen I, I like it look at it this way this simple illustration just like if you if you got a brand new suit on you, you had a brand new pristine white suit and white shoes amen make sure if you got a white suit don't wear black shoes whatever you do and and if you got a black suit on don't wear white socks Hit a little tip for somebody but imagine you had a brand new white suit on. It was pristine white. Well, you, when you got a white suit on, it's a little bit like when God fills you with the Holy Ghost. He fills you with his spirit. He's washed away your sins. You're clean. You're pure. And when you've got a white suit on, you're going to be careful where you go. You're going to be careful who you touch. You're going to be careful where you You're not going to be going to, okay, I think I'm going to play touch football right now. I know it's just been raining for the last two weeks. I'm going to put this white suit on and I'm going to go play touch football with my white shoes and my white. No, you're going to be careful. You're not going to be rolling in the mud because of what you're wearing on. And listen, that's kind of what happens to us when God fills us with the Holy Ghost. We're going to be careful where we go. Amen. We're going to be watchful and mindful of how we live our lives. Something begins to change within us because we've got God in the, on the inside of us. Something happens within us. Our language changes. We're no longer cursing. We're, we're no longer what we watch changes. How we, we look changes. Our attitude at the workplace and to our family begins to change. Why? Because it's the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. The Spirit of God, Jesus on the inside working on the outside amen there's a change that happens and when the spirit of god leads us we've got to follow when he convicts us we've got to obey we've got to listen why because he's taken us from glory to glory to glory and when he comes when he returns for his people we will be like him hallelujah and remember that, that that that's not to earn salvation we've already been saved we've already got grace poured out upon our lives but what that means is that we're walking in the spirit that's why paul said there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit can i talk to you on this sunday pentecost sunday that the spirit of god is given not just to tickle us and give us good goosebumps and cause us to have a little joy but he's given to lead us and to guide us into all truth oh hallelujah i don't think i'm going to make it to the second service i'm sorry we got a baby dedication too i might have to mime it praise god amen we are to be careful not to grieve the holy spirit of god And maybe Paul gives us a hint what it means not to grieve the Spirit of God. In that same chapter, verse 29, it says, Don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good 
for edification. Then he says in verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. If, listen, if we can grieve the Holy Ghost, make him sad, that means we could make him happy. If we can grieve him, we can bring delight to him. And here's how we do it. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. Clean your mouth out. With all malice, take away any malice. If you've got any malice against anybody, got to get rid of that. And I'm telling well, you, well, you know, you don't know what they did to me. They, they said something to me 20 years ago. Listen, I, I was, uh, when I was just eight years old, I don't know if my mother remembers this, maybe eight or ten years old, we had to do this, this play in school. And, uh, and, and I, I, had to, we, I had a friend of mine, he was from Wales. And he came over, and, and, and my, my stepdad, not, not Ray, <laughs> Ray's a good man, but he, he, was, he was being mean, said, no, you're, I'm not taking you to school, you got to find your own way. So we, had, we were living overseas, we were living in Singapore at the time, and, and, and we were there, we, we couldn't find any way. You know, you know what it's like, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, there's no taxis available, we're sitting there waiting for the bus, and, and I, was one of, I was one of the stars of the play, okay, I, I could have been an actor. Actually, I had to do some break dancing for that show. But, but we were two hours late from the show. Do you remember that? Two hours late. And when I got there, all of my, my friends' family were there. And they had come from Wales. His grandmother was there. And when we got there, and there was nothing I could do. I was 10 years old. And she was so upset with me. And she came up to me. This, this old lady, his grandmother, pointed her finger down on my chest. He says, what you did to my grandson is unforgivable. And I'm there 10 years old. What, what, what do I say? It, it hit me like, like an arrow. It shot through my heart. I said, oh, my Lord. And, and I just, I was in shock the whole night because of this elderly woman, a woman of power, a woman of authority, came to a 10-year-old to tell me, and I've never forgotten that. That was always with me, and I always internalized that, that there's some things that I could do in my life that could not be forgiven. And I held that condemnation for all of my years growing up, and I never forgot that. And, and it was something that, that stayed with me, because words are so powerful. We, we can say something to somebody, and it will, it will hit them like a ton of bricks. It, it will stay with them. It will, they will keep it in there like a cancer. Amen. But can I tell you, when you come to God, there is forgiveness. Amen. And, and even as I became a Christian, I, when, when I'm going through my prayers, I'm praying down at the altar. I'm thinking back to this old woman, and I'm having to forgive her for what she said to me, for the resentment. And I had to forgive myself as a child. Say, it, it wasn't my fault. I, I'm not to be blamed. It just happened, and it was not something that I did intentionally, and I had to learn to forgive myself. Listen, there is no sin that God cannot forgive us of. That's why you have no right to withhold forgiveness for yourself. 
You've, you've got to let some things go. You, you've got to, amen, and you can, you've got to make sure you don't speak evil to children. You've got to make sure the words that you speak to one another, that we speak words of love and forgiveness. And if you, listen, that's not the only unforgivable sin, folks. There's another unforgivable sin in the New Testament. Here's what Jesus said. He said, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father cannot forgive you of your trespasses. What that's saying is any kind of sin that cannot be forgiven, it's because it's all in our our hands that we refuse to submit to God we refuse to, to, to delight in the Lord and we refuse to forgive somebody hear me today if you want God's forgiveness if you want to delight the heart of your Savior of your Heavenly Father you've got to let some things go you've got to forgive somebody in this place you've got to forgive somebody in your life hallelujah I was 10 years old, Brother George, that stayed with me even until now. How is it that somebody's words, just one simple statement, can make such an impact in our lives? Because we are, we are creatures that, that have the ability to, to take things and, and to, to hold on to things. But we also have the power this almighty God, we have the power to grieve him. We have the power to delight in him. Psalms 147 and 11. It says the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. In those who hope in his mercy. He said be kind to one another. Be tender hearted forgiving one another he says in verse 32 of ephesians 4 even as god in christ forgave you he's talking to the church he says be tender hearted that that has an implication of of how we treat each other well I, you know i'm like with my wife well i'm tender hearted in my heart but that's got to manifest in the way we treat one another. And that will keep you from grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then the next step, and, and I've, I've got to hurry. I've only got five minutes left. The next step is resisting the Spirit. James 4 and 5 says, Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns, jealousy, but he gives more grace, he says. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I think the next step when we continue to grieve the Holy Spirit is that we resist the Spirit of God. Instead of submitting to God, we can resist God, and we end up submitting to temptation. We end up submitting to the devil and, and when that's the case there then it just again it's a slippery slope of a decline that when we refuse to submit to him we resist God instead uh, we we become susceptible vulnerable to the devil and to temptation the greatest thing that you can do in your life is to submit to the Lord 
submit to him as your God. There are some folks who say, well, I, you know, I don't like the sound of that. It sounds like I'm being a slave. It sounds like I'm being subordinate. Listen, you're going to be a slave to somebody somewhere, somehow, sooner or later, one way or another. Amen. The Bible says that we are slaves to sin. But I would rather submit to a God who is all-powerful, who is the only one true living God. Amen. And listen, the reason why this is so powerful, the reason why God is all-powerful and full of grace and wants to save us, yet we are, still have the ability to grieve His Spirit, is because of free will. We still have a choice. As much as God can do whatever he wants, he will not violate our free will. He will allow us to walk right out of his grace and straight down through the doors and the portals of hell. He will allow that to happen even though he will do it with tears running down his face, if you will, with his heart being grieved. Why? Because he loves us, but he cannot violate free will. He cannot make you, coerce you, manipulate you, do something to you. But, but if you choose, if you desire, and decide for your life that I'm going to choose him. I'm going to submit my life to God. No matter how hard it takes, regardless of how many other people in my life that I make unhappy, I've made a decision today. I'm going to submit to God. When you do that, the Bible says, you're humbling yourself. And when you do, he will lift you up by his mighty hand. He will raise you up and strengthen you. Submission is not weakness, brothers and sisters. Submission is not, is not horrible. It's not terrible. It is the power of God. It is how God can work in our lives. And when you do, God's power can be manifested in you. Oh, hallelujah. It's not whatever you want to do is going to make you happy. It's not whenever you want to wake up and, and whoever you want to be with. No, it's living the life that God has for you. It's submitting to his word. It's submitting to his plan. It's submitting to the authority that he's placed in your life. And when you do, you're pleasing the heart of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a promise, folks. If, if you stay where you are, nothing's going to happen. If you take a step back, nothing's going to happen. But if you simply take one step forward and says, God, I don't know about all of this. I'm not sure where this is leading, but I'm, I'm listening to your word. I'm going to draw near. I'm going to take a step closer. Listen, when you take one step, God will take another. Amen. Can I tell you, it will not be a life of regret, but it will be the greatest decision. It's the greatest trajectory and direction that you could ever take in your life. If you draw near to him, he has promised he will draw near to us. Praise God. Finally, the third step. When one has grieved, one has resisted. We find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, then we quench the spirit. He says in that verse, do not quench the spirit. To quench means to extinguish, to snuff out the fire of the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. That voice that you hear in the deep of your soul. Uh, it, it's, it's not always going to. Like the day of Pentecost began with incredible power. On that one day, the spirit of God filled the room. The Bible says they were all filled 
with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues. And they were so empowered, it spilled out of the upper room onto the streets. And they began to preach the word. And by the end of that church service, 3,000 souls were added. Three times the size of what's here today. Ten times the size of what's here today. 3,000 souls were added in one day. But listen, it wasn't Pentecost every single day. Sometimes they had, Paul had to go to prison. Some of them had to go through problems and trials. There were moments where they were wondering where, whether God was there. But listen, even when those moments are, are in your life, when you're not in church, you don't have uh, the, the band singing with you, you don't have Brother Saleh hands on you, you're, you're at work, you're going through a battle at home, you're going through situations wherever you are. Listen, the Spirit of God is still there. Don't quench the Spirit. It may not be a full-blown flame, but listen to me. You know, it, it's probably a little bit like, like, you know, we have our water heaters, right? We have a water heater at home, and, and uh, you know, the, the, every water heater has got to have a little pilot light. And the pilot light is always lit. It's always on. If the pilot light is not on, you turn on the water to have a hot shower, you're going to have a cold shower. But the pilot light is on, and when the water temperature of the water get, begins to go down, then that, that pilot light will spark the rest of that element, whatever it is, and it will burn again until that water is at the right temperature. Amen. Listen, if you quench, if you put out the pilot light, you're not going to have any hot water. But you've got to keep the pilot light on. You've got to keep that, that, that spirit, that spark still going. And, and it's the same with us in the Holy Ghost. It's not always Pentecost Sunday. It's not always church or uprising or turning point. We have to go to work on Monday. We, we've got to do, we're, we're alone to our own thoughts during the day at night. And nobody's around. We're not having songs. And, and we, but listen to me, you've got to keep the pilot light on you've got the holy ghost still dwelling within you you got to keep that burning and and when the temperature gets low then the fire you've got to stoke that fire again you've got to burn it in prayer you've got to close the door you've got to push away the plate and say i'm praying and i'm fasting until god does something in my life until once again i'm burning yes i'm going through hell right now yes the kids are playing up and and i'm having tribulation at work and, and i don't have enough money oh but all of this stuff that's around me it's not going to affect the fire that's dwelling on the inside you've got to stoke that fire again don't quench the spirit don't snuff it out but continue to burn that fire in prayer in fasting in doing whatever god has called you to do oh musicians why didn't you come here today hallelujah he said don't quench the spirit Here's what Paul told the Thess Thessalonian church. He said, now we exhort you, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Here it is. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Don't, don't fight evil with evil. That's what we're going to hear about next week. But always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all rejoice always amen rejoice not every now and then rejoice not when when the money is there when you got friends around when the, the body is healthy rejoice not not just on a Sunday morning but he said rejoice always and if you break down that word rejoice it simply means to be happy 
Make yourself happy. Well, I don't have anything to be happy about. Still didn't win the lottery. Still don't have a husband. What have I got to be happy about? Your happiness doesn't come from your happenings or circumstances. But happiness is a choice. And don't, don't ever lose that. And you know how we get happy? We get happy by thinking about what God has done for us. The English word to thank is, same, is the same English word, same root word to think. Because when you think, when I think about the Lord, when I think about his goodness and all that he's done for me, when you start to think back where I was, because if we just think about what, what we have right now, uh, there's, there's always something to complain about, right? Oh, man, this, this house is always giving us problems. But think about your other house before. Man, this car, I, I, I want a new. Well, listen, think about the car, the first car that you had. You remember that? The first car that I had was a Toyota Tarago, 1984. Not much of a bachelor's kind of car. But I wanted to bring folks to church. I just ended up being a bus service for people to get home from church. And that thing, boy, I'm, I'm pressing down on that, 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 that pedal, that speedometer, and it would still be barely going 50 Ks an hour. Don't have the best car right now, but it's better than what I used to have. I don't have it all together, but listen, I was much worse when I was in, in drugs and alcohol, when I was in the gutters. I was empty and miserable and depressed. I don't have it all together, but, but I can be happy. Why? Because I've got God on my side. I've seen him. He's healed me before. He's met my needs before. He's never seen me begging bread. He's always provided for me. Oh, that ought to be a reason to rejoice always. Oh, I can preach on this whole chapter. Would you stand to your feet? Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast where it is good. Abstain from every, every form of evil. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. You don't have to fear if you are here today because you feel a conviction from God. You don't have to be afraid that you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It's really only when the Spirit of God is working in us and we turn around and say, that's not God, that's the devil. Then there is no pardon or forgiveness for sin. But if you do hear his voice today, if you... Maybe it's not so loud or emphatic. It might just be a still small whisper in the deep of your spirit. Listen to that voice. Hearken to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Follow. Obey. Submit to that voice. And let him lead you and guide you. Hallelujah. There is forgiveness in this house today. There is freedom from whatever ails us. Hallelujah. Would you lift your voices right now in Jesus' name? I feel God is working in somebody's life today. I know God wants to minister to somebody in Jesus' name. 
to change us, to transform us. That if you draw near, he will draw near to you. If you take that step, he will come to you. In the name of Jesus, Father, right now we come before you today with hearts open wide. Lord God, we, because we, we feel your conviction, we understand that even though we failed so many times, yet, Lord God, you invite us back into reconciliation, into connection with you. And so we open our hearts, oh God. We come in faith believing to draw near to you, not to resist, not to quench, not to, uh, not to grieve the Spirit of God, but Lord, to delight and to surrender and to yield and thereby find life find life more abundantly find forgiveness find joy and peace find healing and restoration lord as we come to you lord we find everything that look god your spirit will pour out into our lives and so we're open and we're ready this morning in jesus name i want to invite you to come out of your seats for a few minutes today if you've heard from god if, if you're god has been speaking to you not just today but throughout this whole week maybe throughout this last several months and, and somehow you haven't been sure I want to urge you to step out in faith the more you step out the more you'll be able to hear his voice the more you respond the more it will become clearer and clearer the voice of God the unction of the Holy Ghost the more you respond to that still small voice the louder God's voice will be in your life he promised I will not leave you nor forsake you he said the steps of a good man and woman are ordered of the Lord. He's planned your life. He's got, a, he's got an order for you. He's got a, a direction, a purpose. But it will only be unfolded if you respond. God's Holy Spirit is here. You need the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you come and pray? This altar is open. reach out to the Lord wherever you are in your seat wherever you're standing the Spirit of God is here moving 